0: Welcome to Face the Climb podcast with your host, me, Jen Camille. I'm a strength coach for climbers and outdoor athletes and founder and owner of the online training business, Face the Climb. This podcast is an extension of that business, and we dive into topics all about strength training. Lifting the benefits of lifting for your climbing and your outdoor athlete pursuits But we also dive into why lifting is so beneficial and why you should be adding strength training Into your life because it's not just a phase It is a lifestyle and the benefits go far beyond just improving your performance If you're looking to find more information, you can check out the blog on facetheclimb.com Backslash blog and you can also give me a follow on instagram at Face the Climb. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Alrighty, welcome back to Face the Climb podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. And if you are a returner listener, welcome back. This is going to be part two of the intro to hangboarding. I released that earlier this month And if this is your first time here, welcome. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and I definitely recommend after listening to this episode that you go back and listen to the intro to hangboarding part one. And before we dive in, I just want to say I am so excited to work with the four amazing climbers that ended up signing for the eight-week self-supported training program. So excited for that. And also, after going through this, I have, you know, had, I guess you could say, A revelation? Is that the right word? Like an aha moment. And I am going to be doing a lot of revamp, I guess you could say, a lot of restructuring the business for next year. I am so excited. You know, I have now been doing this for almost two years. I believe in March will be two years, or February will be two years. So I've learned a lot. I've learned what works, what doesn't work, what works when working with athletes. And I've definitely, after working with so many climbers now, is there is definitely a trend of what climbers need at certain points in their climbing journey. And I'm excited to bring something that is going to be... You know, focused on that, it's going to be more of a generalized program, a semi supported type style thing with Slack support. And then also, you know, you're working with other climbers on the same program. So then you have each other as well with the accountability. I am so excited. I'm going to be honing out all of the details for that and hopefully have that by March for all of you. I am. You know, I am excited about this. It's definitely going to be more of like a membership style. I understand memberships very well from working in climbing gyms now for 6 years, and this just seems like the right thing. It feels so good, and I am so excited for it. I am definitely going to be reaching out for all of you for input before I release like, "Oh, what do you think about this? What do you think about that?" And here feedback from all of you. You know, this is for you. This is for you as climbers to improve your climbing, to improve that confidence, to feel proud about your climbing, of who you are on the wall, and also influence other areas of your life. You know, this is for you. I'm creating this stuff to help you to make an impact, and I'm so excited for this. And something that I'm also going to mention is I am going to be getting rid of the Pay what you can model for one on one coaching, the full support coaching come January. So the month of December is gonna be the last month of the pay what you can model. So if you are interested at all in one on one coaching, I would definitely reach out. I am not sure about the pricing yet, but there will be an option. I'm gonna change, you know, I'm revamping, I'm rechanging a lot of things, getting feedback from athletes, seeing what's working, what you know, what isn't working. And it's going to be one-on-one coaching eight weeks at a time. You pay for eight weeks at a time. And there will be a monthly payment option and then also an extended payment option, which will probably end up being like a six-month payment option. Uh, Just to be able to still reach athletes, you know, and work with more athletes that way. I am, I'm excited for it. I'm super excited. It was, you know, going through this past, doing the self supported eight week training program, definitely, you know, opened my eyes to a lot of things and what I like doing in this business, what I don't like, what works for athletes, what athletes are excited about, how to help climbers in different capacities in different ways. Uh, I'm excited. And then I also will still have. Those self-paced climbing movement courses, the intro to footwork, intro to dynamic climbing, intro to technique, and tension for climbing. Uh, I am so excited for this. So definitely keep an eye out for all of that, all of that revamping. And if you are interested in the one-on-one full support coaching, shoot me a DM on Instagram Face the Climb, or shoot me an email climb.com. You can learn more about it as well on the website. You know, you get a fully customized training program get Zoom call. You get Voxer support messaging and voice messaging. So I am like, I can talk to you throughout this whole thing as well. You get access to the Face the Climb manual, pre-post assessments, and you can send videos, unlimited climbing videos for feedback. It is jam-fucking packed. (laughs) Jam-packed. Oh, absolutely love it. Oh my God. I love it all. Oh, Little pop up, sorry y'all. Little noise. That was a pop up on my computer, and we'll dive into the episode. So, of course, we have to do favorite coffee and crag snack. So, this person's favorite coffee is a peppermint mocha. Ah, uh, you know what? It is the season. Peppermint mochas have arrived, and there is a um, if you are in the Connecticut area, Yellow Knife, Yellow King. Yellow King? Not Yellow Knife. <laughs> yellow King Brewery just released all of their Christmas flavors. Absolutely fucking delicious. And they do have an amazing peppermint mocha. Got it iced, and it had a cold foam on top. Mm. Absolutely delicious. It is. If you climb at Prime Climb, it's right by Prime Climb if you're in Connecticut. So, Or if you want to go like check out Prime Climb, go there and check it out. Peppermint mocha. This person did not say if it was iced or hot. I will always take mine iced, but... Every once in a while when it's that extra, extra cold, shivery day, a nice hot peppermint mocha does hit the spot. And their favorite crag snack is a PB&J. You know, keeping it classic. We haven't had someone mention a PB&J in a very long time. I feel like now when people mention their favorite crag snack and coffees, they like try to think of the craziest things that they can think of. But man, PB&J, keeping it classy. I like it. A nice little PB&J. Oh man, I haven't had a PB&J in so, so, so long. I am now unfortunately gluten-free it's not like i wanted to but i definitely you know stomach issues are feeling a lot better after going gluten-free but i have found an amazing gluten-free bread so maybe i'll have to bring back some pb and j's probably not for winter bouldering because then nothing like a cold pb and j like a hard cold pb and j when you're outdoor bouldering just it's not hitting the spot for me not hitting the spot for me but we got a peppermint mocha and then a pb and j And okay, so intro to hangboarding part two, part one, you know, the whole goal of part one episode was to really help make hangboarding feel less intimidating to people, show you how you can use hangboarding in different ways, and then also, you know, talking about, oh, if you hangboard, you'll get injured, you know, talking about how the injuries tend to happen and it's doing too much, it's not keeping track of the volume, and that was a really fun episode. It had great feedback about it. I really hope after listening to it, you know, you see hangboarding as less of an intimidating thing and especially as beginner climbers, how you can use the hangboard as a tool separately from finger strength. But then also I mentioned there, I'll mention it today as well, doing the isometric hang poles. So this is great for beginners. You know, you are self-regulating, you're keeping your feet on the ground. And let's start, you know, I was going to say, let's start with that, but I do want to say... Before we dive into different protocols and everything, what is going to set you up for the best hangboard protocol, right? First and foremost, and this goes for training as well, the best hangboard protocol is the hangboard protocol that you're going to stick with, okay? You have to be consistent with this thing. You can't just hangboard one week, hangboard second week, hangboard three weeks, and then take a month off and then go back to hangboarding and then take a couple weeks off. Like, you have to be consistent just as with training. The body needs to adapt to the stimuli that it is going through, which is the hangboarding, which is the protocol. So we want to make sure that the hangboard (laughs) protocol that you are doing is one that you will actually stick with. And if you've never hangboarded before, sometimes people love hangboarding. A lot of times, hangboarding, too, will be kind of a monotonous thing and sometimes people find it very monotonous and very the same thing over and over and they don't find it too exciting versus climbing, especially if you've only been climbing, so they won't stick with it. So you definitely want to find the hangboard protocol that you are going to stick with and accomplish and go through. The next thing is, you know... How do I know when to switch up my hangboard protocol? This is a great question. And we'll dive into different ways that you can change the stimuli and everything. break from this episode to let you all know if you have been enjoying Face the Climb podcast, if you've been able to take little climbing gems out of these episodes and start implementing into your climbing and see an improvement in your climbing, if you have found that this podcast has helped you look at climbing in a different lens and also go about your climbing differently and just help you understand that, yes, what you are going through is Valid in your climbing, no matter what grade that you are climbing at. And if you've been feeling those things, enjoying this podcast, and are looking for a way to support, you can do so by going down into the show notes and clicking on the buy me a cup of coffee link. That is buymeacoffee.com backslash face the climb. Again, that is buymeacoffee.com backslash face the climb. If you are looking for a way to do a reoccurring support for this podcast, then you can also choose that option by going down into the show notes and choosing the Buzzsprout subscriptions. Uh, absolutely appreciate your support so much and cannot thank you all enough. Seriously, that is, again, two separate ways that you can support this podcast. The first is by going to buymeacoffee.com backslash face the climb and or doing the buzzsprout subscriptions you can find both of those down in the show notes and again i cannot thank you all enough for the sport i absolutely love podcasting now we'll get back to the rest of the episode with it is once you no longer are seeing adaptations once you see a plateau, that usually means that it's time to switch up the hangboard protocol. When will that usually be? You know, probably people may start hitting that plateau as soon as like eight hangboard sessions. And that depends on how many days a week you're doing it. So if you're doing hangboarding two times a week, then it could be within a month. You need to switch something up. Or if you're doing it once a week, it could be that A sessions. It could be after two months. But a good rule of thumb is like once you start feeling a plateau and you no longer are feeling like you are getting adaptations or feel like you are progressing forward, like it's becoming too easy but i would recommend like mentioning before sticking with the protocol and not changing it up too much within those 8 like 8 sessions or even up to like 10 sessions, 12 sessions, okay? So sticking with the same protocol will be extremely beneficial and that's why it's so important that you pick a protocol that you are actually going to do so that you follow through. I, like I mentioned, it can be monotonous if you've never hangboarded before or if you've never really done training before. Now, I mentioned the whole changing variables within that protocol you can do during that protocol, okay? So you will, let's say your protocol is, you know, a simple thing like seven hangs, 10 seconds on, 50 seconds off, okay? Okay. That's a great one that I like giving to beginner climbers because it's they're it's doable, they feel accomplished, and they also feel like they got a workout in. So we'll say that's the one that we're doing. It's nothing crazy, you know, that's not a repeater, that's not nothing. So in that example, the person would be hanging for 70 seconds. So the total work in that would be 70 seconds. So seven... Hangs of 10 seconds on, 50 seconds off. You do how many hangs you're doing times the amount of work that you're doing. And that's the amount of work. Um, Or you could do, you know, five reps of 10 hangs, 50 seconds off. Okay. That's 50 seconds of work. You could do 10 hangs of five seconds on and 30 seconds off. That would be 50 seconds of hanging Whatever protocol, and I'll kind of go into the different protocols shortly, is whatever protocol you're doing in those eight sessions, you can change the variables if you want So, for example, maybe it's you are doing body weight and then you want to stick with the protocol for certain like certain amount of uh, sessions to get adaptations you can add on weight to your body if it starts getting easy. Or maybe you switch the edge size for, if you're doing seven seven hangs, you switch the edge size for three of those hangs, right, to make it more difficult. Maybe you go down, so then you're increasing the intensity by decreasing the size of the edge. Okay, so you are able to change the variables within that protocol, but, 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 you don't want to change more than one variable at a time. And then when you do change that one variable, you want to stick with that variable as you move forward. So you wouldn't one session change the edge size, and then the next session, go back to the edge size that you were on and add body weight you would choose I'm going to stick with the edge size and add body weight or I'm going to change the edge size, okay? So I wouldn't choose both and then I wouldn't switch between the two. I would just choose one to change one variable because when you change too many variables, you could be putting too much stress on your body. So good rule of thumb is only change one variable, okay? And that variable, it's not changing The protocol that you are actually doing. You are just changing one variable within the protocol that you're doing in terms of intensity. Okay. So, different things that could be variables is edge size, like mentioned, body weight. So if you're doing body weight, you could take weight off as well with hangboarding. You can take weight off. It's not always just putting weight on. You can take weight off, okay? Um, So we have edge size, body weight. So like how much weight you're having is a body weight. Are you taking weight off? Are you adding weight? And then also um, how much rest you have in between your sets if you were to do like a repeater protocol. Okay, so you could be like, what does that mean? (laughs) So we'll dive into that right now. Different protocols. So when hangs are set up, you're going to have a certain amount of sets. So that is how many times you will be doing the actual thing, the amount of sets, right? How many reps. So that's how many times you are going to be doing the hangs within the set. You have working on, so how many seconds you will actually be hanging, working off, how many seconds you will be resting with those hangs, and then you will have a rest period, so how much rest you are taking in between the sets. So I just listed off five different things. So generally speaking, you will have five things when it comes to hangs, five different numbers, okay? And they're usually written in this order of sets, reps, work time on, work time off, rest. That's usually how they're written out as well. So there's five numbers that you are dealing with. Now, the protocol that I mentioned earlier, it didn't have sets. That's okay. Sometimes, especially when you're first starting off, you won't have sets. You'll just have like five hangs. So five reps. So you'll have five reps and then a certain amount of working on, working off, and then you won't have that last variable as well, the rest in between sets, because you don't have rest. (laughs) Okay, so we're taking two variables out when you don't have the sets. And a lot of beginner hangboarders will just have a certain amount of hangs, not necessarily sets and rest between sets. Now, I mentioned earlier, before we dive into different protocols, is those isometric hang poles, and these are great for beginner climbers, also a great way to warm up the fingers. You know, I will say this right now, before you hangboard, like, do a straight-up hangboarding protocol, there should be some sort of warm-up. You do not want to just go into, like, a repeater protocol, not warmed up. Your finger's not warmed up. So a great way to warm up your fingers is doing isometric hang poles. Or also if you're a beginner climber, Doing isometric hang pulls, you know, to build up that confidence on the hangboard, to get you used to the hangboard, but also because this is also like for you as a beginner climber, this will help build up that finger strength as well. And the isometric hang pulls, your feet stay on the ground the whole time and then it's self regulated. So you pull as hard as you want. Should you do this and pull 100% out of the gates? No. You should work up. If you want to pull at 100%, you should work up to 100%, okay? So maybe starting at 50%, and then with each hang, you go up a little bit higher, and this is all self-regulated because your feet are on the ground. You kind of have to figure out how hard you want to pull, but this is a great way for you to build up finger strength without putting a huge amount of stimulus on your body when you are not used to that yet when you are not you know you haven't been climbing for like two years yet your fingers aren't used to that stimulus yet this is a great way to build that up and what's happening is you are building up that strength and a lot of that strength is coming from neuromuscular recruitment neuromuscular adaptation so your ability to uh, recruit Muscles quicker, your ability to recruit more muscles as well. Muscle fibers, I'm talking about muscle fibers. You're probably picturing like a huge muscle right now. It's not, it's talking about how quickly you're able to recruit the muscle fibers and then how many you're able to recruit as well. So there's that neuromuscular adaptation that is happening and that is a great way to help build up Strength for beginner climbers, but also a great way to get the fingers warm before diving into, let's say, a, you could say, normal, (laughs) quotation marks, normal hangboard protocol when you are actually hanging from the hangboard. So let's go into, you know, an... Protocols for that can be very different. You can do, you know, five half crimps. You could do five open hands. You could do different edge sizes. A lot of times I will ha- work with my athletes and throw this in the warm up, and it will be like start at 50% and then slowly work your way up to 100%, do seven reps for seven seconds of pulling 23 seconds of resting. And start at 50% and work your way up. You could do you know four half crimp and then three open hand on the 25 mil or the 20 mil. Okay, so there's variables in there. You can kind of play around with that. And always, you know, always keep track of what you're doing. Okay, even if you're doing isometric angles, like keep track of it. Be aware of how long you're pulling, how much work you are actually doing. I cannot reiterate that enough. When it comes to this whole hangboard and just your climbing in general, it's a good idea to have and know how much volume of climbing you are actually doing because that's where the injuries start to arise. The aches and pains start to arise from its just total volume that you are actually working. So let's go into different protocols. You know, I mentioned you the repeater protocol is probably the most well-known and famous and talked about out there. The standardized repeater protocol is like six or seven sets of seven reps. I could be screwing this up, but it's variations of this. So we'll just say six sets of seven reps of seven seconds on three seconds off and then three to five minute rest in between the sets. That shit's hard. Okay. That shit is hard. Now, the purpose of the repeater protocol is to help build up that endurance. So you'll start to feel that forearm pump. Um, This is great for rope climbers, building up the endurance. And then, you know, and I will say as well with the endurance, you are building up that strength as well. Because when you do get tired, you are going to start to have to recruit more muscle fibers. So it's doing the same thing almost as max strength because max strength, you have to recruit more muscle fibers, but you have to do it quicker where the endurance is you're doing a longer workout. So it's happening at a slower pace. It's not happening as quickly, but you are still going to have to recruit more muscle fibers once you start getting tired. So you are still going to be building up that strength. Um, but also working on that endurance factor as well. Now that is a hard protocol. If you're listening to this, you probably have not tried that. Or if you know you are a more advanced climber listening to this, that's awesome. Thank you for the support. Maybe you have tried it, but it's hard. Now, you can, of course, play around with that. You can play around with the variations. You can do seven seconds on, 23 seconds off. You could do and then still do the seven reps and six sets of that, okay? Or four sets of that. But you can play around with the numbers and still get the effect to make it easier and to make it more friendly than going balls to the wall because seven seconds on, three seconds off for seven reps, it's hard. It is very hard. I know when I was training with my coach, she had had me try that. I was like, yo, I can't do this. (laughs) It was a shit show. So we switched it down. We did, still did it the seven seconds on, but we had a longer rest period of off. I think we did the 23 seconds off. But the repeater protocol, you know, it's really good for building up that endurance. You're still building up the max strength. Rope climbers will tend to do this one a lot. The other, you know, there's other ways to do endurance protocols besides just the repeaters you know there's the ladder protocol and this one isn't used as much or I don't hear it talked about as much but it's the working time isn't the same so you build it up so like in one rep it ends up being like three seconds on then six seconds on then nine seconds on and you are determining how much rest you want to do for the off for that So it would end up being like, um, we'll say four sets of four reps of that. Three seconds on, six seconds on, nine seconds on. And then the amount of rest that you take in between those seconds is determined by you, the climber. And climbers, you know, you can also put in an amount of rest for yourself during that. Climbers really like, and this goes (laughs) for you know, talking about hangboarding, then also for training in general, climbers really like being told how long to rest. <laughs> they like it having written out completely for yourself, so then you're able to be just be like, I hear the buzzer, I'm good to go, I hear the clock, I see the clock, it's like at zero, it's time to go back on, okay? I get it, I totally understand, and that's the thing, you know, sometimes with hangboard protocols, it's going back to the repeaters, having that three to five minute rest, maybe it's you just rest for as long as you feel, And you can play around with it. But like mentioned before, you always, always want to know what you are doing and what you are doing exactly for each session so you can keep track, see what's working, see, make sure that you're not changing too many variables at once. Okay, it's so important to keep track. I can't say that enough when it comes to like training and hangboarding. Another, you know, moving away from the endurance, the other popular protocols is the max strength protocol. And max strength, I kind of mentioned earlier, is really focusing on exactly what it says. Max strength hangs. So how much can you hang off of a certain like edge size for a little bit amount of time? So it'd be almost like back squatting at 90% for three reps. Okay, that's like kind of how you can look at this, see it as this way. And with the max strength, you're going to be hanging for a short amount of time with a very high intensity. So a lot of times that will end up being adding weight to your body or it could be minimal edge training. So you could be hanging on minimal edges. Now, for people listening to this podcast, beginner, intermediate climbers, I wouldn't say minimal edge training is like probably what you need Uh, you know, if you were looking at max strength, it would max protocols, hangboard protocols, definitely more so adding body weight on and working on that like 25 millimeter edge size, or maybe even the 20 millimeter edge size. Huge fan of the 25 millimeter edge size. Okay. Huge fan of that edge size with the climbers that I work with, but you're doing a short hang at a very, very high intensity. And because you're doing it at a high intensity you will then have a longer rest. So pretty standard max protocol would be six reps of five seconds of hanging and then three minutes resting. And that's all you do. (laughs) That's all you do. You know, in between with that resting, you could do core if you wanted because three minutes is a long time and then you're not hanging for very long. Maybe you do uh, max hang for 10 seconds and then rest three to five minutes. And do that for six reps. Okay. You aren't having that like whole set aspect as you would see with endurance, like um, repeater protocols. And this is going to really build up that finger strength because you're working at a high intensity. You know, you're working on those neuromuscular adaptations of being able to recruit more muscle fibers quickly and be able to recruit more in volume of muscle fibers. And this is a great way to build up that max strength is using a max hangboard protocol. And, you know, those are kind of just the overview <laughs> we could say of different protocols out there and the different reasons why you may use a repeater versus a max strength but like I mentioned there's so many different protocols out there and you could literally start off with just aiming for a certain amount of total work so hang for 30 seconds do that for H sessions hang for 50 seconds do that for H sessions And like slowly build up your ability to hang on the hangboard. And that could look like, you know, 30 seconds. That could be maybe 10 seconds, three reps of 10 seconds with 30 second rest in between on a 30 millimeter edge size. And then when you get good at that 30 millimeter edge size within those eight sessions, maybe you go down to 25 millimeter edge size. And then by the end of that eight sessions, you're on 20 millimeter edges. And then you go to, okay, let's work up to 50 or 70 total hangs, total volume of hanging. So then you go back up to that 30 millimeter edge size. That's fine. And then you slowly build it back up. Okay. So it could be very, very, very simple. And like I mentioned before, when choosing a hangboard protocol, it is so important to choose one that you will actually do okay? You will actually do and then that you will actually stick with to end up seeing adaptations and that you don't change too many variables at the same time. And make fucking sure that you warm up before you start hangboarding, okay? Please, please, please warm up your fingers before you dive in to hangboarding. And lastly, I want to mention, you know, where should I put this in my climbing session? You know, I mentioned the isometric hang pulls are great to do at the beginning of your session because it's self-regulated and you could slowly build it up and it's a great way to warm up your fingers. But where to put it in your session really comes down to what's your goal. Is your goal to build up finger strength? If your goal is to build up finger strength, then you should do that at the beginning of your climbing session. Because by the end of your climbing session, you've already used your fingers. They are worked. They're not going to get the adaptations and the response that you are looking for if you're going to be doing it after a full climbing session, okay? Or maybe you do it in like kind of near the beginning middle of your climbing session after you're feeling pretty warm, right? And then depending on what your goal is and your total work and how often you're doing it, really be aware of how much you're climbing after you're hangboarding as well. Because don't forget, you just put your fingers through a lot of stress, a lot of stimuli. They just work the fuck out. Be aware of that, you know, before you go hop on the moon board, <laughs> okay? That's the thing I see. Before you go hop on the moon board or before you go hop on that crimpy V4 project that you've been working on or crimpy like V6 project that you've been working on, on the overhang, on the bouldering wall, and then you throw yourself at it for an hour, be aware of the total volume that you are doing when you're hangboarding, not just with your hangboarding, but with your climbing as well. Really be aware of that. And then really think about what is your goal with the hangboarding? Are is it to build up finger strength? If it is, then it should be near the beginning of your session. If you're doing it on the same day as a climbing session after you are warmed up. Okay. So I really hope that this Intro to hangboarding part two helped kind of clarify, you know, setting yourself up for success with hangboarding, talking about making sure that it's a protocol that you'll do. Making sure that you don't change too many variables at once and you have a better understanding of what the repeater protocol is for and what the max strength protocol is for. And if this was your episode before listening to part one, definitely recommend that you go listen to part one. It has lots of fun little climbing nuggets in there. And I'm so excited to, you know, be revamping the business and really dive fucking in. And I'm so stoked. And I'm stoked to bring you that, you know, you all are the first to hear about it. That member it's not I don't think it's really a membership, but we'll call it a membership for now. We're working out all the details, but it's gonna be a great way to start training and to start progressing in your climbing with other people at your climbing ability and have that accountability and that support in the Slack channel with each other. I'm, I'm excited, y'all. I am super excited. I'm excited. You know, this is the winter season, the training season. So I am taking on new one on one athletes. And like I mentioned, the self picked paid, pay what you can model is going to be going away at the end of the year. And we're gonna be going to a set rate for eight weeks of training. And there will be the two-month option plan and then the extended monthly plan. So I'm so excited. If you are interested at all, shoot me a DM on Instagram, face the climb, or shoot me an email, JenetfaceTheclimb.com. Ah, uh, and if you've been enjoying this podcast, please give it a review on iTunes, give it a star rating on Spotify, and please, please, please tell your friends, especially if they're beginner and intermediate climbers. I'm definitely going to be putting more and more information out there for beginner and intermediate climbers and really honing in on that. So, all right. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to another Face the Climb podcast episode. It has been a pleasure having you here. And if you're looking for more ways to dive into lifting and strength training, definitely go check out the free lifting guide, which you can find down in the show notes and or on my website, www.facetheclimb.com. This is the guide to set yourself up for success in the weight room and doing it with confidence. We dive into how to build up strength. We dive into auto regulation, sets and reps, progressive overload to help you build that strength through educational videos. But then we also dive into how a bunch of how to do exercise videos like deadlifts, rows bench press for barbells and dumbbells this is guide is jam-packed with information an amazing resource if you're looking to get into lifting and of course make sure you go and follow me on instagram at face the climb i would love to see you there and have conversations all right have a good rest of your day y'all